You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your cross, for your giving of yourself, for laying down your life on our behalf. Walk amongst us now as we consider your word. Take my lips, Lord Jesus, and speak through them. Take our minds, we pray, and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And take our hearts, Lord Jesus, and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Well, please be seated. Well, we began in John's Gospel. That's where we'll spend the rest of the week, and we're in chapter 1, and that's where we'll spend some more of this this morning. It's the prologue, first 14 or so verses, and uh, amazingly, in chapter 20, you've got a single-verse epilogue. The epilogue is this. Many other miracles Jesus did which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and that through believing in him have life in his name. That's where it's headed, to the cross, and who Jesus is and what he came to do. Again, as I said by way of introduction yesterday, if Jesus is not who he said he was, then there is no way he can do what he promised to do. Who he is and what he promised us, the promises we cling to, are related because it is who he is and who he said he was and still is that he can do what he promised to do. And we need to believe that. And that's where I find myself trying to encourage you in that regard. I love that you prayed for Birmingham, as we would say in England. If you go over to England and you say Birmingham, they know where you are from. And actually in Birmingham itself, they've got a very unusual accent. They call it Birmingham, which is its very distinctive for the people of Birmingham. That's what it is. Amazingly, and I'll just say this in passing, it's not a, the main deal, I'm just wandering now, but uh, my home, along with my wife, Kathy, who is sitting right just down here, stand up, sweetheart, so they can take a look at you, please turn around, that's my wife, thank you, she deserves that applause and more besides, uh, we moved to Pittsburgh uh, 50 years ago with a vision for the city. 
That's what drew us. That Pittsburgh become as famous for God as it is for steel. Well, I know that Birmingham used to be called the, the Pittsburgh of the South. And your Fairfield works, I guess the word would be notorious. Vast steel-making furnaces. And that you pray for Birmingham, Birmingham, is wonderful. This is your city. And God has a plan for your city. And you have a part in that plan. And while I'm talking about that, I want to give honor, it's a very good word, to the couple that brought me to Birmingham in the first place. In 92, we had a series of meetings called Breakthrough 92. I remember gathering with youth leaders from around the city right here in this cathedral and taking the liberty of standing up, which was rather reckless, on the, uh, the rail there, right next to the seat, to prove some kind of point. I forget what I was saying, but I know I was standing on the rail. And it is precarious. I'm wondering how I did that now, looking at it. But John McNeil, if you'll stand, and Beverly, his wife over here, will you both stand and turn around? You, welcome these guys, will you please? I know you know who they are, because they're infamous. But Beverly and John headed up Breakthrough 92. And again, just a little incidental piece of information. It was so successful, another city asked Beverly to come and tell them how she pulled it off. And one question was this. How did you raise the money? She said, I slept with the treasurer. <laughs> that got their attention. But the treasurer was her husband, Johnny. And it's interesting you're sitting either side of the aisle here. I'll counsel you when you're done here this morning. Well, we did pray that the Lord would take my lips and speak through them. And I trust that this hasn't been wasted time. And time is so precious here right now. Let me go right to the text and listen to these words. Having determined that Jesus is the Word, the living Word, who was with God and was God, and that all things were made through him and without him was nothing made that has been made. It goes on to say this. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. That's John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all men might believe. Now just ahead of that reading, you have these words. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome or overwhelmed it. So John came to bear witness to that light, Jesus. You have a marvelous book here that was given to Kathy and me as a present. And it's called A Witness 
to the light. And it's the history of this cathedral. And the people who've ministered here and the amazing beauty of everything from doors to windows. A witness to the light. That's to Jesus. Not just the light that comes through the windows so that you can appreciate them. But Jesus is the light. John's Gospel, chapter 8, that is borne further witness to by Jesus himself, who said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Friends, this world is a dark place. I hate to major in it because I am so about Jesus being the light. But the temptation is, as we have lived in the West, with all the benefits that have come from our Judeo-Christian heritage, we have forgotten what darkness is really like. It raises its ugly head constantly. We live in a very dark world. There's a wonderful hymn comes out of Oxford. Lead kindly light amid the encircling gloom. Lead thou me on. The darkness deepens. The darkness deepens. But Lord, be with me and lead me on. I don't know if you're aware of it, but our Christian faith, which if Jesus is God, which is what we say we believe, and he so loved us that he gave himself as we prayed on the cross so that we might be forgiven and made new recreated born again made a new creation regenerated we have any number of phrases that describe the newness of life that there is in Christ who lights up our lives The Debbie Boone song, You Light Up My Life, is really about Jesus, not about some man in her life. You light up my life. But outside of Christ, it's dark. Can you imagine a world without Jesus? You reflect on that across the rest of the day. Our jurisprudence comes right out of the Bible. Righteousness is biblical. And the symbols of the darkness, and I know you've had a big fight here in Alabama, when one judge, and you will give me his name, I don't need to know it, refused to take the commandments out of 
what, the county courthouse? We have taken the, the Ten Commandments off the walls of our courthouses and schools. No longer prayer or Bible reading in school. That's ancient knowledge, the darkness encroaching. And today, the confusion about sex with our children. Dear little boy, an adopted lad, son of a friend of ours, came home to his mom, 11 years old, just gone back to school in September, and his little girlfriend was now saying she was a boy and had a boy's name and didn't want to be called her but him. And he wouldn't call her a her, but called her a him. Excuse me, I've got that back to front. She, he would not call a him. Nor give her the boy's name she wanted. And guess what happened to that little 11-year-old boy? Sent to the principal's office. Told he's got to accommodate to that farce. And if you think that's just up north, dear friend of ours, Savannah, Georgia, her granddaughter came visiting with grandma and said, I'm really confused as to whether I'm a boy or a girl because of the ridiculous teaching that our kids are having to endure. Goodness knows what happens when you hit puberty. And that's confusing enough. Grandmother just said, look between your legs. Do you know how wicked that all is? Have you any idea? And the lies concerning our history. I'm an Englishman who became an American. I love America. And I will say our heritage as Americans is spectacular. Spectacularly Christian. But the lie that is told concerning our history? Let me quote you from James Madison very important contributor to the United States Constitution. He said this, we have staked the whole future of American civilization not upon the power of government. We have staked the future of all our political constitutions upon the capacity of each and all of us to con to govern ourselves according to the Ten Commandments. Did you know that James Madison said something like that? John Jay, first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, said this, God's providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers. And it is the duty as well as the privilege in the interest of our 
Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their leaders. Where do you think that sits in the minds of most people today? John Quincy Adams. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. Its connectedness to one indissoluble bond, the principles of civil government and the principles of Christianity. I've got any number of quotes, but I must quote George Washington, who wrote this in his diary. Let my heart, gracious God, be so affected with your glory and majesty that I may fulfill these weighty duties which you require of me. Again, I have called on you for pardon and forgiveness of sins and for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ offered on the cross for me. You gave your Son to die for me and have given me assurance of salvation. So in his farewell address, he wrote this, of all the habits and dispositions which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. That's our history. Those are real people who really understood the character and nature of the nation they were founding and bringing together. And to bear witness to the light, to tell the truth, to stand above all the ridiculous political correctness, which is bondage, where goes freedom of speech? It's all up for grabs. And so much more besides. And the hope of Birmingham, Alabama, and our United States of America, is Jesus, the light of the world. He lights up our lives. It's in Christ that we see things as we should see them. C.S. Lewis said this, it's not that in believing in Christ I see things as they are, but in Christ I see things as he sees them. He corrects our vision to see things as he sees them. I was not born into a Christian family that was church-going. My father died an atheist when I was seven years old. My mother was left with three little boys of which I was the oldest. 
We never went to church. We never prayed. There wasn't a Bible or a hymn book or a book of common prayer in our house. It was not part of our lives. But when Jesus came into my life, he transformed me from the inside out. And I began to see things as he saw them. The correction that brought to my spiritual, moral vision was extraordinary. Until then, I had only one idea of what a woman was for. He transformed that. Cleansed me from my sin. That night I asked Christ into my life was the first time in my human experience I felt clean on the inside. And I knew that heaven was my home, my destination, my destiny, because of Christ. And I didn't own a Bible at that point. I was an 18-year-old who'd responded to the preaching of the gospel. So as I speak, I bear witness to the very thing that John came here, this John, the Baptist, to bear witness to the light. I'm not the light. He's the light. We bear witness to him. We want to draw people to him. When we speak, it's as if we speak his words of truth. The way we live our lives, run our businesses, our families, raise our children, our grandchildren, organize ourselves. is because Jesus, the light of the world lights up our lives. Jesus actually said in one place, speaking to his disciples, you are the light of the world. But that's a reflected light. We reflect Jesus. That Jesus is present here to light up our lives to restore what he originally created and then gave his life to redeem. That Jesus is here. And just like George Washington praying, writing in his diary, in the very first person, me, that you died for me, that I might be forgiven. It wasn't because he was George Washington, first president of the United States of America, but an ordinary person just like us at the cross. In the cross of Christ, I glory, towering all the wrecks of time. That's what we just sang, towering all the wrecks of time. You look around, anything other than Jesus and Jesus-inspired ministry is wreckage. But with Jesus, it's living. It's spectacularly alive and powerful. He, Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, says God's Word.
We need to deal with him. That we might let our little light shine. This little light of mine, do we teach our children? I'm going to let it shine. Jesus said, you don't take a lamp and put a bushel basket over it, but you lift it out, out and set it up so that it gives light to the whole household. Let's speak to him, shall we? Just close your eyes so that you can close out any distraction. See yourself looking at Jesus. It is a costly business to bear witness to him. It did cost John the Baptist his life. And Jesus, the light of the world, was executed on a cross. And those who killed him thought they had put the light out. But oh, the glory of that first resurrection day. Walking from the grave alive to light up the world one person at a time. O oh Lord Jesus, as we see you in our mind's eye looking at us, we pray that you would grant us the grace to entrust our lives to you, that you might light up our lives one by one to cleanse us from the guilt and the failure, even the despair and misery of the past, to deliver us, to redeem us, restore us, and to renew us by your Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Thank you for a moment like this to get real with you. Come into my life. Pray that for yourself. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Drive out the darkness. Light up every corner of my interior life. Fill me with yourself and shine through me, Lord Jesus. Shine through me in Birmingham. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this world with the Father's glory. Beginning with me. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 
You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.